This podcast is brought to you by UK Coaching, here for the coach. Visit ukcoaching.org to grow your coaching skills and be part of the community. This is a massive topic for coaches. And I think in your working life, your home life, your parent life, all of those kind of different roles, but definitely in your coach's life, having honest conversations and sharing feedback is a massively important topic. And I'm delighted with the people that we've got on this uh, edition this week, not just because I get to spend another hour with Andy Bradshaw, which is always a, uh, a favorite pastime of mine, but I have a book here and he's not sent on to, to uh, promote this himself, Coaching Athletes to Be the Best, but it is a knackered dog-eared book because I've read it that much. And I'm delighted that we've got Steve Rolnick on the call today, who is the author of that book, but just an absolute legend when it comes to this kind of stuff. So uh, people that don't know you, Steve, first of all, welcome. And uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Steve Rolnick. Uh, what can I say? I'm, I'm an ape from the Cape. In other words, I grew up in Cape Town for my first 25 years, became a clinical psychologist and have lived in Wales for many decades now. Retired a few years ago and decided I wanted to do what makes me happy, which was to work in sport. So I've landed here and um, hoping I can be of some help this afternoon. Look, uh, look. Steve, I'm, you know, fortunate to have uh, had an input into my life from you. So I, I can guarantee people will get uh, plenty from being uh, in the conversation with you today. Andy, for those of you that don't know your uh, dulcet Wirral tones, just introduce you and who you are. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, yeah, it's a very neutral accent. Probably can't place me anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and a senior coach developer at UK Coaching. Um, bit of a background in coaching some hockey uh, and also a little bit of uh, girls football coaching uh, more recently so that's me brilliant and i'm nick Everett, head of coaching so my role will be to kind of steer the ship and what we're going to do today is we are going to try something a bit different and one of the conversations that we have when we're reviewing the sessions is we want to really get into uh, a deep understanding of one particular topic so sometimes we're quite broad on them but today we're going to get really deep and deconstruct a piece of coaching that's important to everybody and what we're going to do is we're going to use this uh, method of andy bradshaw's gcse drama skills uh, to the fore and what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to role play and live a conversation between steve as a coach and andy as a young performer to break it then down to look at well what it might look like and the level and detail of conversation linked to giving feedback. But before we crack on with that, Steve, why do we want to give feedback? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Nick, if I swear to God, if I could wave a magic wand, and I'm being serious, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be for every coach, teacher, nurse, parent, to be skillful at doing this because I think it's that widespread and has the potential to swing one of two ways to transform people's creativity in their lives or to depress them. And uh, it's my magic wand fantasy that this is a subject that's taken seriously. So when you suggested coming on this, I thought, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this because it's a subject close to my heart, man. 
Cool. So tell us a bit more about why. Why is it so important, do you think? It's a brilliant question. I, I guess, Nick, you know, there's, there's a bit of a straight line between our personal values and our behavior. Okay. And we've got choices about how we express our values. And I guess I wanted to say that, how can I put it, man? I'm trying to think of a neat way of putting this. Why is this important? Look, we know it's common, um, but I think there are incredible choices that coaches, for example, face here. And so it's, I guess I'm making a call here to start with self-reflection among the people who've joined us this afternoon. You know, why do you want to give feedback? Not just, I think the, the, the subject's important, but why would you, why do you want to give feedback? And I can think of three or four alternatives here, which might prompt you, and perhaps I can just clarify them. Do you want to give feedback because you want to be, you know, as they say in education, do you want to be a sage on the stage or a guide on the side? So that's a choice and worth thinking about that when you do give feedback. Do you just want to give feedback to another athlete who needs correcting? Or are you wanting to give feedback to a person who's learning? I think there's a big difference and you'll get a different outcome. Or could I put it a bit more bluntly, Nick? Do you want to dump facts on someone by way of your feedback? Or do you want to champion their growth and choice? So I presented it this way to encourage the participants to think about it. Or how about this? What two or three words would capture for you the art of giving feedback? And I wonder what they are. And perhaps at the end of this, this seminar, I'll tell you what mine are. I've given it some thought. But what about you guys? If you had to think about, right, I'm giving feedback, what two, three words capture what for you personally is the art of doing this. So, you know, I'm just raising this question because we do have choice about how we express our personal values. And so that if everybody around us sees ourselves as sages on the stage, okay, or it gets imposed from above in the club you're in, then I think you it's like spreading a virus. I think what happens is everybody starts behaving in the same sort of way and with that kind of orientation, I think you're going to create a toxic culture. Mm. On the other hand, if everybody shares the value that we want to really promote growth in people first, not just athletes, then that can also spread like a virus and change the culture. And, you know, Nick, how can I put it? I'll just tell you one very quick story, if I might. Yeah, go for it. Go on. That'd be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I got invited to this elite rugby club and I walked in and I walked through the door. I was hell of a nervous, you know, because it, you know, it's a new, ex new experience. I haven't met these people. I was nervous, but really it was obvious to me quite soon how feedback was going to be handled in that club. Okay. And the feedback was dumped on the players and the head coach was complaining to me that they don't listen that from the, from the strategy meeting that I observed to the practice field that I observed, and then he said, wait until you come to the match, there's just a drop off in retention. He calls it a retention problem, right? So, but I picked, picked up the vibe the moment I walked into the place, no one greeted me. 
everybody, you know, there were very, there was, there, there was no one was joyful. I don't think I saw anyone smile the whole day I was there. And, um, you know, that sort of captured the culture of a place that where there was a, a shared sense of we deal with us all by dumping stuff on each other and then hoping that outcomes are going to improve. So I think there they made some choices. I don't know who was immediately responsible. And I know that you and I and Andy and all of the people participating have seen other environments in which people flourish. And most of us are probably in the messy middle somewhere in whatever club we're in. But I'm just highlighting this question because I think it's not just about feedback. It's about the personal values that we share. Mm, brilliant. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it's a really strong opening. Andy, um, what's your kind of take on that piece of, uh, of learning in the sense that do you view learning, Andy, as I've got to dump what's in my head into yours? Or do you view learning as your spotlight searching for meaning of different things around you and therefore make sense of different things in your world? Um, definitely the, the latter. And I think it links to listening to Steve there. Um, the, the reading and research that I've been doing around feedback, just trying to open up a, a two-way conversation. So listening to that dump it analogy, um, that's possibly more traditional feel of feedback just being one way coming from the coach it's just a a dumping uh, you know, actually it brings it brings it to life that that word around actually i'm just i'm just chucking this at you um with no real sense of do you know what to do with it do you know how to implement it am i going to support you in in those strategies so there's an element of um, understanding that the person who's receiving the feedback, there's a responsibility there for, for them to be really engaged in it and be part of that learning process. And it's not just as easy as throwing information at them because they might not be ready, willing, motivated, or have the skills to actually action any of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Reese's question about uh, when people feeding back, haven't asked for it, might not want to receive it. I'm sure that's something that will pick up as we go through uh, our, our little uh, GCSE drama performance that we've got today. Um, so I, I think it's timely that we crack on into that. So Andy, do you want to set the scene about the role that you're going to play and then how this will look? And the way that we're going to do this for, for everybody that's listening into the call today, um, we'll, we'll do a piece where Steve and Andy will be in character. And then effectively what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit pause on the conversation and they're going to jump out of role and start to deconstruct, or Steve will, how he's done, what he's done and why he's gone about doing it in that way. And then we'll jump back into that in that kind of motive. So that's the kind of structure, but we want you to really engage in your position as somebody that's watching this going, what does this mean for me? What are the key messages that I can take from this and apply it to my context? So, Andy, do you want to kind of tee up the young Andy that we're going to see now, or whatever name you choose to have for this future acting role that you've just got now? Yeah. I was chatting to Steve earlier, and to keep it simple, I am going to be Andy. Uh, so, we're going to take <laughs> take a few years, take a few years off me. I was actually thinking whether I've I've had this feedback as a young hockey player, and I'm fairly sure I did do at some point. So, um, so we're looking at. You know, mid-teens, 13, 14, playing uh, an invasion game of some sorts. We'll probably say it's hockey just for, for my my ease of um, referencing things. 
Um, and Steve is going to be the coach. Um, and the conversation we're going to have is about uh, me not listening to feedback and appearing basically not to be ignoring what the, the coach has been saying. Um, so the, we're summing it up with we need to have we need to have a word here. Um, so Steve has has decided that um, uh, now's the time to actually have a conversation about my uh, lack of uh, attention to what he's been saying over the past probably weeks, months, every session pretty much. Henry. Would you like to share the three-word framework that we've got on a slide before I start? Might be a good idea. It's not essential, but if you could share that single slide, because I think it's only fair to, to the uh, observers to know what framework is in my mind. But Paul, could you pop that one up? But if it doesn't, it's only three words, so it's, I can easily describe it. There you go. There you go. So that's the sort of conceptual framework that's in my mind. Okay. And uh, probably Nick will stop us after each of those three, or I'll tell Nick when we've reached a pause. But I'm ready to go here. Yeah. The other, Paul, do you want to just move back one slide as well? The other thing for, um, Everyone is listening, really, and I think this is just a, a good opportunity to use the um, the chat boxes as you're listening to this first part of the conversation. Um, just be mindful of what you're hearing, what you're seeing from me and Steve, and also what you're feeling about what you're hearing and what you're seeing. Um, so, as as you're listening in and watching, and you're um, you're feeling some stuff, pop it in the chat box. So, really wanting. Um, uh, really wanting to start to get a sense of actually if you are observing this conversation for real um what are you taking from it and we'll get yeah, and perhaps i could also add um some of you might be interested in the moment to moment um skills that are being used and 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 you could ask yourself is steve only using questions and when i don't use questions what am i using because we'll get on to that topic I'm sure. I'm sure Nick's going to prompt it. Yeah, Brilliant. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's go. go. That'd be okay. Andy, yeah. that, and, so I'll go now. Andy, that was your dad who dropped you off there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, good stuff. Um, because I, I thought of I thought of having a word with you after practice last time, but then I thought, oh man, I'm knackered. You look knackered. I'd rather grab you when we're both feeling fresh and. Uh, We've got a few minutes now before I have to get things organized. So I thought I'd just have a little chat with you now, if that's okay. Yeah, no, no problem at all. You know, I wanted to talk to you about how, you, how you're getting on in the club and also give you some feedback about your actual play on the, on, on the field. Um, so that's what I want to do. But Andy, how's it for you, man? I mean, how did you feel coming down here today? Ah, well, I feel things are going really well. Um, Team seems to be playing well. Uh, I'm scoring some goals. Um, chatting to Dad, and he's like, he's really pleased with how things are going. So at the moment, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fairly happy actually. Uh, so that's great. So you were looking forward to coming down. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love my football. I live for it. Um, yeah, if we could do more of it, it'd be it'd be even better. Right, and you're in, so you're enjoying your time in the club generally. 
yeah i mean i i look at it about you know dad's happy i'm happy uh team's doing well um you know yeah. generally I, I think i mean those are the things that that make me happy as well yeah for sure and i can see you getting on really well with some of the other some of the other players i mean it seems like you've got friends here uh yeah no it's i mean it's i i really enjoy it and i think you know winning helps um you know we we get on uh, you know things are going all right yeah i'd say and say so you you're comfortable in the club that's the mo that's probably the most important thing for us yeah i mean i mean as long as we continue to do well um definitely i'm all up for it yeah 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 and what what i wanted to talk to you about was actually also a little bit about your game okay because i'm like the coach and i wanted to talk to you about your game okay can i do that yeah uh yeah yeah you see what i mean well, how, you know, like, because I'm always kind of talking to different players about this and that and this and that position. And I wanted to get some quality time, not just with you, but with all, all the players. But here I've got some quality time with you. And I wanted to talk to you about your positional play. Okay. And I'm wondering, like, how you see your own development. I mean, it's quite a tough question to ask you, right? But how, what, what, what do you want to get really better at? There's a, there's a hell of a question, eh? What would you like to get better at? Uh, at your game? Well, I mean, goals is a huge thing for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've got a chart at home. I'm tracking what I do. Uh, you know, it, that, it helps the team winning. I think the other players are looking to me to score goals. So, yeah, yeah if I could do more of that, that would yeah. be, be brilliant. So anything that, that can help you be sharper in front of goal, and do the right thing there is going to be it's going to be exciting and rewarding for you um yeah yeah for certain yeah okay. if you can help well yeah. anyone can help with that that'd be great dad's always talking to me about you know how, how i can just get in those right positions that's yes. you know that's that's what i do yeah brilliant brilliant well can i give you can i can i give you a little bit of feedback now about what i'm noticing about positional play for you yeah i mean is this is this something you're saying with all the players depends depends everybody's different okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say you know all i do know is that i uh i enjoy watching you play i really do i enjoy your goals i'm so glad you've come here in a good space here with your dad this morning and uh i want to just see you score more of them brilliant okay I'll... yeah let me tell you what i've noticed okay nick i'll stop there okay so that's me through the first of what I described as this ask, offer, ask sequence. In truth, uh, 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 colleagues, this is a circular process. Okay, but the logic is, is, is simply this, that before launching into giving someone feedback, information or advice, I don't, it doesn't really matter what word you use, I don't think. Um, it's best to engage. That's the logic. And so that ask phase is designed to connect as best I can with him. I'm not convinced that happened, but there you go. You, you know, you, this was very rough and ready, but I'm open to comments from anyone now, but that was the rationale. In other words, what does he think? He's 14, so it's a bit tricky actually, but what does he feel about his positional play and the vibe I get I mean, I could step out a role here and they can tell you what vibe I get from him, but maybe it's time for me to just keep quiet and see what others think.
but I have got a vibe from him that I wanted to share with you. Nick, you're on mute. So I am. Uh, what I wanted to do really was just kind of break down that little bit and, uh, and and go through some of the tactics there because there's there's a couple of bits that um, that people have questioned within the within the chat box, which is brilliant because knowing you, Steve, there's a rationale about why you do stuff, and this is what we want to try and do. So people will have a view of something, and we want to try and challenge that. So that's perfect. So tell us about how you tried to open the conversation because you used a particular kind of question and start line. And then why did you choose to go with that? God, you're going to have to try and remember. But look, I, I, I started off that wondering how my feedback would land with this guy and how he would respond. So and I thought, whoa, 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 I'm going to get the timing right here. So I don't want to do it after practice because I'm just too tired. I'm a bit wound up. He's wound up. So I thought. I'll chat to him when he comes fresh. I wondered about the location. I waited until his dad had driven off. I thought, you know, this is, this is him and me time. And I want to try and improve our like little bubble. So I wondered about those things. Then really, the, the opening was designed to connect with him and to check in that he's happy about coming down here and looking forward to it and um, is enjoying his football or hockey, okay? And I got that vibe from him that he was, which, you know, is really important because if he'd come in feeling down as a human being, as a young guy, then that's going to very much tailor uh, where I go with the feedback. But I was delighted because he sounds like he's, he's up for it. And so, yeah, the, the opening, I can't remember the details, to be honest, because I was right in it, you know. You better yeah, I mean, what I liked, Steve, was, but, was by doing that and checking how he was and where he was. And this is a really important time. So with everything going on with COVID, we've got no idea of the backstory to other people's lives at home and everything going on there. But what I thought you did really neatly was you started to gauge where he was at rather than just launch straight into giving feedback. You asked some really good questions to try and understand where he was at. Yeah, I mean, my ideal which I didn't reach, was to talk to him about positional play so that I could ask him my golden question, which I didn't get to, which was, how would he like to improve his positional play? What are his ideas? What needs has he got to improve his positional play? And I didn't get there because I got hit by this sort of thing. Yeah, my dad and I chatted about it, and he's talked to me about the position, and I thought, oh, here we go. You know, he's got a fairly clear idea, his dad's got a clear idea, and it's going to run up against mine. And instead of, you know, meeting force with force, I would just park that because now's my chance in a moment to give him the feedback. Yeah. So in that sense, I fell short of where I wanted to go. But hell, the guy's 14. He's got a close relationship with his dad. I want to nurture that. Um, but then I've got a view and I feel like I need to confront him. The question is, how do I confront him in a way that's constructive and I'm hoping that having had a, developed a reasonable connection with him, I think it took about three or four minutes, so it's not some big deal, you know, it didn't take mm. long, that he might be more open to kind of wrestling with this positional issue with me, which is going to be complicated. I'm, in a way, I'm not looking forward to the conversation now, but, you know, that's yeah, I, it. It's quite tough. I, I, absolutely. And one of the points that was raised earlier by Corey about 
probably not the best time to give feedback to a child when they get there. I think what you did was you outlined about why it possibly was a good time, because at the end of the session when you're tired, kids tired, they've got to get home, they've got school work to do. Actually, if you set up arrival activities and kids can go off and do stuff, it's a really good time. And especially when you've connected, understood where he was at. The other thing there was towards the end, there was starting to be a couple of more closed questions. Again, was that deliberate in how you kind of, why you chose to use those? I'm trying to lead into the actual positional play stuff. Uh, possibly I'm also getting nervous. And when I get nervous, I might, you know, ask more closed questions. I'm conscious of doing that. Look about the timing. I'm not a sports coach. Okay. You might, this, this, your colleagues might be quite right. It's the worst time. I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is I gave thought to timing. You know, that's all that's important, I think. You know, what time you choose is up to you. But I just wanted to highlight, I did go through that in my mind, for better or worse. But I might have asked a few closed questions. I think I was getting a bit nervous. Maybe I was also wanting to zoom in now on positional play. You know, mm. But I think I said to him, how do you feel about your positional play? Oh, me and my dad are quite happy. Mm. How would yeah. you like to improve your positional play? That's an open question. And oh, I want to score lots of goals. Okay, yeah, no, I know. And I want to enjoy that with you. But, you know, so now mm. I have to, I have to, I told him at the beginning that I wanted to give him feedback about it. So I was trying to be authentic and honest and not play a game with him. So he knew that that's what the conversation would lead to eventually and tell us about the bit in the middle because you used a number of almost kind of statement like sentences as opposed to questions to kind of affirm things but they also had this real kind of empathic undertone to it so tell us a little bit about why you chose those then yeah i said to myself at the beginning um and this is just me as a as a as a, as a communication i suppose uh, uh person that if all I use are questions, this conversation is going to sound unnatural. If all I did was ask questions, it would sound, it would soon sound like an investigation. So I must use as many empathic listening statements, they statements, not questions as I can. And I guess I'm reasonably skilled at that. I've practiced it a hell of a lot. So the conversation then gets starts to feel much more normal. It's not too investigative because I'm trying to capture his experience. I'm trying to stand in his shoes and then say something to him in the form of a statement that captures my understanding of what his experience is. And if he goes, yeah, 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 then that's him knowing that I have got it, that I understand him. And that improves our relationship and the empathic connection between us. I think the, the exciting thing for me here is it was the realization that and I'm, I'm talking about decades, that the harder I worked at the skill, the briefer the conversations were. So that listening, in my mind, isn't sitting back and hearing. Listening is making these active statements. And the better I got at it, the shorter was the conversation. Yeah, it's a, re it's, it's a real challenge, I think. And um, it might feel a bit kind of, I guess, awkward and clunky for some people at the time that might be thinking that that's then not their kind of normal flow of things. So what, what, what advice would you give people to kind of start to kind of go through that process? 
It's a hell of a good point. It, 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 it matches quite well the challenge you might have had with this Andy guy when he first came to the club and learning new skills. You know, you try and set up a scenario whereby the, the kids can practice these things and get better and better. And the scenario for your uh, colleagues, um, everybody's going to be different. I think step one is to, first of all, conceptually to understand what these statements are about. So there's a bit of learning, you know, and I hope I managed to convey that a moment ago. Then you need to dive in. And I would choose the easiest conversations first. For example, I could do it with you, but I won't because I know we've got a shortage of time. I could ask you about your favorite place in the world. Okay. Then I, then I sit there thinking, right, I can ask you questions. And if I ask you one question after another, you're not going to feel like we're really getting there. If, mm. however, I can capture the essence of what you're saying, that's what I mean by a statement, and hand it back to you, you effectively become my teacher by way of your response. So I learn from you, you, yeah, it's a bit like that, but maybe it's not. So I try another statement. So these are guesses or hypotheses that you make to try and get at what it is someone, what would be your favorite place and why. So I would choose an easy situation every day and try and see if you can capture the essence of what someone's saying and hand it back to them. And have a look at quality television or radio announcers. You'll find they use them all the time. It's a natural part of conversation that tends to be forgotten in educational settings where experts like doctors or coaches and teachers are trained to ask questions as if they are the magic key. And I guess here's an analogy, Nick. You know, it's like knocking on someone's door a question. How did you feel about coming down here today with your dad? Okay. Mm. Then what happens is when you, when they invite you into the house, okay, the, the questions like knocking on the door, but what happens when you go into their house or into their world, that's where the listening statements are very useful. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we seem to have uh, a slight issue with Andy and his Wi-Fi, which seems to have gone down. See, this is what happens when you live in uh, in Sheffield. It's a real challenge up in the hills there as well. So we'll try and get Andy back as soon as we can. But let's move on to the next section now. So you want to kind of move into the offer piece. So yeah. I, will, I will jump in and be uh, Daniel Craig until we get Andy back. Yeah. So let's pick up the conversation and carry it on from now then. Yeah, Andy, I wanted to have a word with you, my man. You know, um, I noticed this last time in the last practice and, and, and a couple of the matches. And I get to feel, to be honest, two ways about how you're getting on. On the one hand, I just share your joy at those goals. Genuine, genuine joy at those goals. And uh, I cannot say more than that. It's really, it's really, you know, it's so brilliant to see you succeeding and, and really being so creative in front of goal. On the other hand, I kind, of, I kind of feel that I noticed that you're not in the position that I thought we'd agreed. And it's like a puzzle to me, to be honest, because um, I, I think to myself, has Andy not understood it? Or has Andy understood it and he's chosen a different route? Okay. Now, whatever's the case, I don't mind, you know, as long as you and I can, can form a good connection and talk about this and we'll learn from each other what the best way for you to score the goals are. But I kind of, to be honest, I thought, hang on, I've told Andy, like more than once, right, to avoid swinging wide too often, you know? And yet you swing wide, right? 
<laughs> and I feel like running onto the field and saying, Andy, we've agreed. The team's agreed, right? You keep you keep yourself a bit narrow and 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 let Nor Normie come up the up the left there. Let him swing wide. And um so I just wanted to be honest with you, and I'm wondering, it's a puzzle, you know, that and we can solve it together. It's not something we have to solve now. But what I want to know is like how you feel about this. And uh that's what I want to turn to next. What do you really feel? Okay, stop there because that's the end of the office. Please. Okay, come on in. So let's um, let's let's break that bit down then. Um, so how how did you kind of choose to to take things through in that kind of way? Um, first of all, I, I tried to connect with him as a as a person. Yeah. Who gives me joy? Okay. Mm. So that was like. Uh, you know, his scoring of goals is something we share. It's a joy we share. And um, and I also wanted to be honest with him and authentic. So I presented it to him, look, I feel two ways here. On the one hand, I share your joy about the goals, and I love it. It's fantastic to see how you're growing. On the other hand, there's this positional thing. And I tried to not say, look, you are out of position. I tried to avoid that kind of exchange and tried to present it to him just as a puzzle. But I also was very honest with you, you know, that, that, that I don't understand. I want to run onto the field and stop you. So he, he's perfectly clear. Um, Nick, I think one thing that's really important, which I don't think I did particularly well with, was to emphasize choice. Because in the way, it, it is his choice. I can't change his behavior. You know, I might, mm. I might drop him from the team or whatever, but it, it's his choice about whether he swings wide or not. I'm not on the field. And um, I might have said to you, if I could have improved that, I would have said to you, Andy, listen, there's no one way to become a good footballer, you know? And this is just my, uh, a few ideas from me. And really, you've got choice about how you want to develop as a footballer. And my, my role is to guide you, buddy. It's not to tell you what to do. So don't get the wrong idea. But let's let's see what you think. I'm, I would have loved to have said that, because that enhances his autonomy and his sense of choice and his sense of this is something that I'm in charge of. Yeah, I think what you did was uh, I think there were two things I really liked in that was was one the statement that you that you opened the rationale piece with was gives me joy, and sometimes as coaches I think we often focus on the things that. The, the kids, the players, the, whoever we're working with, we focus on the things that they can't do rather than the things that we can do because a lot of people are kind of inbuilt to try and fix and solve because they often think that the coach is that, like you said, that, you know, download of information into someone else's head. And But what I thought you did was you really neatly started it with kind of the, the good things that you saw as well. But then you 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 wanted to kind of, well, it felt like for me that you wanted to kind of direct it somewhere, but there was an element of, you still wanted to understand what I thought about it first. Yeah. Um, which I think is a really nice way of doing it. I mean, I know I can only see one chat at a time. I noticed one colleague quite rightly saying, well, why don't you ask him why you're doing it? Okay. Mm. Now I'm working in these phases, right? Um, boom, boom. I ask and listen first, then I be clear about what the feedback is. Now in the third phase, the why is going to become clear. 
and I didn't mm. want to ask a confrontational question. I presented it as a puzzle, but I could have said, look, I wonder why you're doing this. Of course, it's a damn useful question. But to the extent that our connection is a good one, he'll tell me now if he's comfortable. If he's not comfortable, he'll bullshit me. Well, then yeah, sure. that tells me he's my teacher. He's telling me I don't trust you enough. I don't feel well enough connected to you right now. So that yeah, is that the is that the piece where you know it's down for the to the to Andy in that situation to give them their why to share that. That's what's going to happen now when we hit the third phase. Okay. One Brilliant. way or another, and and if I don't get anything useful, it's not a problem with Andy. It's a problem. The challenge is it, that's feedback to me that I need to improve my relationship and communication with Andy because I'm I'm the I'm the coach, I'm the professional if you like. So if there's a problem, I don't mm. I don't blame Andy at all. I don't label him. I don't blame him. I do my best not to drop him, but I keep the conversation going. Car park, coffee room, corridor, wherever it is. Mm. Okay, cool. So let's um, we've got Andy back. So uh, let's let's jump back into the conversation. Andy, are you good to go? Just to check, you can hear me. Yeah, yeah, we, we can hear you. Cool. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's press play again. Over to you, Steve, or yes. Andy, or whoever. So Andy, it, it's now up to you, my man. You know, I, I'm wondering what you feel about this. Um, yeah, I think. I'm struggling who to listen to. Okay. Okay. So I know you've been telling me some stuff. My dad telling me stuff, and I, I just um, I struggle with you know who who to listen to most. Okay. Okay. So it's actually a bit difficult for you because your dad's saying one thing. And I might be saying another thing, and you're not sure which 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 of these to choose or to listen to. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this can't be su such a comfortable conversation for you because you must be wondering, well, what the hell should I do now? Dad says one thing, and Coach says another. Yeah, he's really positive with me, and it's like, yeah, you're doing a great job, and now you're telling me that maybe I'm not. Yeah, so it's like I'm telling you that you're not doing a good job. That's how you get to feel. I feel a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah, you feel a little disappointed um, to be to be told this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not happened before, so yeah, it's a bit it's a bit weird, really. Yeah, and so we might we might talk about enjoying the goals that you score, but then to hear this sort of feedback makes you feel wow you know what more can i do yeah i, I suppose it's, it's just the first time this has happened so yeah uh, yeah I'm, I'm struggling a bit yeah yeah and so i i think you and i are faced with a puzzle here about what is the what is the best route for you to take do you swing wide as often as you do and your dad feels that's probably quite a good idea. And to be fair to both of you, you do as well. And and you and you're comfortable with the goals you're scoring. Um. And here I'm suggesting maybe don't swing so wide, so. Yeah. Um, I 
And again, I've probably been doing what I thought was best, maybe. So whatever your dad and I feel, you were, you were comfortable with it. Well, it goes back to that. I'm a historian, and yeah, I've sort of been, I think I have been, so I sort of, maybe I wasn't looking enough. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. I can see this. It sounds like it's not easy for you. And, um, you know, I must say that um, I've got huge respect for the way you are able to sort of listen to your dad, hear me, be so clear and honest with me in this conversation about it. And um, I, I'm wondering where to go next, because what, uh, you know, the most important thing I want to say to you is that um, I really enjoy having you around here. And you're a great part of the team and you're contributing to good results that's the big picture this question about positional play is something that is a puzzle that we want to try and solve and have you got any ideas yourself about how to solve it i've got a couple that i wanted to suggest but I, you know what what makes the most sense to you to say to me steve just back off let me play my natural game if you said that to me i'd i'd say absolutely fine but you might say something else. What do you think is best, Andy? I mean, one thing is probably just to listen a bit more for me. So I'm saying I'm probably doing my own thing a little bit. Um, now, maybe I listen to my dad more than I listen to you. I think it's, it's nice to actually have this conversation and for someone that's a bit of interest in it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Nick, I, I didn't hear Andy very well here, but I'm going to improvise, all right? Look, um, can I make a suggestion, Andy? Can I make a suggestion about how to proceed? Yeah, yeah. Number one, play your natural game, knowing that I support you. Wherever that takes you, wide or not, you play your natural game and I'm going to support you. Okay, that's the most important message I want you to go home with, right? Whether you score goals or not, play your natural game. Number two, why don't we solve the problem with your dad? So that's something I want us to, you to think about if you don't mind, right? Have a word with your dad and say, Steve says, why don't the three of us get our heads together and see where it takes us, okay? Because your dad, your dad is a keen observer of your play and I think it might, it might help all of us if we brought him into it. So that's a suggestion from my side, but the choice is yours, Andy, knowing that the number one thing is I want you to enjoy being in this club and to enjoy your game and to play your natural game. To be fair, I think I'd be keen to do that. Um, you know, he, he wants me to do well. Uh, he, he definitely tells me that. Um, I wonder, I don't know, would I ask or would you ask? I'm not. I'm not sure. What's you? What do you? What would? What would be easiest for you? Um, I I wonder if it's something we can have a chat about after training with him. Uh, I didn't hear that, but maybe when he picks you up after practice today, I can come up with you and we can have a word. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think I think that would work. Yeah, and we can either chat then or we can chat some other time. It doesn't matter to me as long as. I have a feeling that you're coming down to this ground, enjoying your football and, you know, being as open as you have been to the feedback from me. And, uh, you know, that is really a good outcome of this conversation. 
Yeah, I, I'm just not sure how to approach it with Dad. So if you're going to help me with that. Yeah, so. for sure I'll help you, you know. And I think, um, you know, I've noticed uh, another time I'd like to ask you about who your favorite players are, okay? Because that's, an, but that's another conversation. And I want to try and talk to you about, like, your favorite players and see how they play and how often they swing wide and things like that. But gee, you know, Andy, these are early days. You're 14, to be blunt. You know, you're doing you're doing really well in the club. And um, please understand that that I'm 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 speaking to you about this because I want you to get better and um, to have a brilliant team atmosphere. Thank you, Steve. Okay, so I'll chat after practice. We'll pop down and have a word with your dad, and we'll see where it goes. Don't worry. Don't feel caught between the two of us. I, I trust you. When you when you've got the ball at your feet, I trust you. That I do know. Okay, man. Good. Okay, Nick. Awesome. Okay. So, um, I mean, well, there's 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 loads of things in there. Like, so one of the things that you started with was you, you kept the flow of it's a puzzle that we want to try and solve together. Um, which is a lovely little message for, for coaches, really. Um, but then you said, we, oh, and we want to find the best route for you to take. So that's that's creating a very kind of empowering environment that's putting it onto the player. Why did you kind of choose to kind of put that back for him in that way? Because I realised in the, that in the middle phase, I didn't emphasise choice enough. And it, it feels very important to empower him to stand up with a straight spine and, and be brave enough to say to me, this is how I want to play. Because if he does that, he'll be comfortable in his own skin to say what he thinks and feels. And a player who, a person who is comfortable in their own skin will be much more open to feedback than mm. someone who's, who feels shut down, if not scared, I might drop him or, he might have a row with his dad. I mean, this could be, for him, it could be quite a difficult situation. So to give him as much choice as possible and empower him is, is I think, a very important part of this feedback process. Mm. But what I thought you also cleverly did was you asked for his feedback and thoughts, but you also said, I have some thoughts as well, because as a coach, you know, part of the role of the coach is to help and to teach and to educate and to guide and all of those kind of different things at different times. But ultimately, the coach will have some knowledge. So what I thought you did was position that in a really nice statement that invited him to access your thoughts as opposed to you just dumping them on him. Yeah, and I also felt that, in a way, the more modest I am, the better, the faster will be my progress. So that this is just an opening conversation of five, 10 minutes. In six weeks time, um, I will be able to go to him and say, say to him something like, Andy, listen, man, I want you to do me a big favor today, right? I know it's against your instincts. I don't want you to just swing wide, okay? But now's not the time to say that because I feel mm. I do better sh to show him the respect and give him the opportunity to try and solve this problem for himself. But I can't imagine a coach feeling, oh, Steve, you're naive. You don't know coaching. I've got somebody else running up on his left-hand side. What am I going to do with him? You know, 
so it gets complex but um yeah so i'm 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 taking the bet you know the the, the dramatic license here to sort of think okay the ideal is to be modest sometimes you can't be and, and i think there's two other points that i thought in there one was one and this is probably more of a statement i guess what i think that you did with a 14 year old boy was help him find some identity find some voice have a choice at a critical time for a young person when they're doing that in that kind of you know the biggest change that they're going through in their life in terms of growth and maturation and you allowed him the opportunity to start to do that and it's going to develop life skills in andy which are massively important that i think we can have and use sport as the vehicle to do that so i thought that was really really neat the way that you did that yes i wonder whether i was listening to you speak whether i wasn't treating him like about a 15 or 16 year old and um but i prefer to do that I must prefer to overshoot than undershoot because you undershoot, you start patronizing, you assume he can't make decisions for himself, you tell him what to do, and I don't think he learns. So I'd sooner overshoot. I think I was talking to someone who felt like he was about 16. Mm. Um, Andy, what, Andy, what did you think? What's your, after your Daniel Craig, I mean, look, there's, there's cries of NTAs and Oscars and, you know, a role in EastEnders, but... What's, uh, other than that part, what's your view? What, how, did, how did that make you feel on the receiving end of that? Um, I saw a couple of questions in the chat box about was I was I giving a bit too much and possibly a bit more than maybe a, a, a young team would have done. But what I felt was supported through the conversation. Um, the bit about choice, I think, was really interesting. I mean, I've got a 14-year-old daughter. Um, she would she's definitely capable of making that about you know whether we would go and have that conversation with well with me in the case although it would get quite circular seeing as i'm also a coach but um but actually that's a choice about how do we want to approach that i think that was that was a really important part of the conversation and just switching out of me being young andy and linking to last week curious coaches club about about reflection, I think what's been really interesting is listening to Steve's real time in in action reflection on what he was doing. Mm. So, did I go too far here? I didn't get to answer, ask that question there. He was reviewing his progress, even in a really short conversation, reviewing it in real time, making some some fantastic decisions about where he needed to go to next. And I know we had some pauses, but. I imagine he would be doing that as he was having a conversation anyway. Mm. Um, and there was some incredible uses of pauses at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, interesting question in there from uh, from Tim, Steve, is that um, you've allowed him to carry on and play as he wants to play, but what if there's an impact on the rest of the team by allowing Andy to carry on and do that. How might you kind of rephrase that? Or is that something that you would get to over a period of weeks? Yeah, I would have thought over a period of time. It's exactly right. You know, what is this guy's positional awareness like? Or is he just self-involved me scoring goals and I do what I want to do? And am I giving him the wrong message here? Mm. And I imagine it's a journey. And I imagine maybe the next question is, 
Okay, Andy, do whatever you want to do today, but I want you to notice where the other players are. And after the practice of the game, I'm going to ask you, what did you notice? So that opens up the whole thing. And that's um, a tremendously subtle, I imagine, a tremendously subtle and potentially beautiful journey for him to become socially aware of, of, of other, other kids. And, you know, it's, a, it's an absolutely wonderful opening for him. But I wouldn't like to dump that on him now, so to speak. You know, mm. one thing at a time, you know, his coach has given him some rough feedback, you know? Um, yeah. Look, I, 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 see, I mean, the way that you just set that up is that that is a brilliant question to ask someone as a young player. And, you know, you set that up in training as a game and then all of a sudden you've got them starting to reflect and think about their impacts on others and the way it affects others. And they'll probably come to you with their own answers and, and come to the conclusion that's the same that you would have led them to anyway. You know, it's a, a beautiful thing about sports and it's something I admire and envy in sports coaches so much, which is you have the possibility of, of noticing things in real time and entering the actual action arena with players. And so the word, what did you notice? See what you notice and what did you notice? You know, when in my world that comes from counseling and mental health and stuff, you can't enter people's lives. They walk out of your room and, and then chaos unfolds. And mm. the beauty of, of sports coaching is that you can actually work with people as they're learning. And it's, um, when I grow up, I want to be a coach, man. But I, I'm a <laughs> way, I guess. Uh, look, I mean, firstly, you know, we're kind of coming towards the end of it now. We've just got a few minutes left. Um, what I think you've demonstrated for somebody who has real expertise in this, and this was an unscripted, you know, you didn't know where Andy was going to go with it. Um, a real unscripted conversation. But what we got was some real honest reflections from you as you went along the process to go, didn't quite get as far as I did there. Wanted to make sure I brought that in later on, but still used a real kind of clear and consistent framework to do that. And, and I think your honesty and vulnerability in sharing, that wasn't quite as good as I hoped, or that was, was brilliant. So, look, I mean... It's a, it's a pleasure and a privilege for us to have somebody like yourself come onto the show. And I'm wondering what people's two words to capture the art of giving feedback is. In other words, is this a, is this a task you carry out? Is it a skill or is it an art? Mm. And you can tell from the way I've been speaking, I believe it's an art form. Literally, it's a thing of, of absolute beauty when it works well. And my two words were offer and curious. Um, nice. I don't, know what, I don't know what yours were, you guys, you, all you coaches listening in, but I wonder what they are. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. Feel free to throw them in. Um, what, what would be, Steve, your one takeaway message that you would like to leave the, uh, the 150, 160 people that have listened today, what, what would be your one takeaway thing? It would, be, it would be this, that when they've tried to understand the difference between super shrinks, super psychiatrists and pseudo psychiatrists, quite a big field of study, they mm. discovered that the super shrinks are the ones who take feedback from their clients. Literally, those are the guys who get better outcomes, hard outcomes. 
So my message to you would be not about how to give feedback to a player, but to be, ref to, to be brave and bold enough to take feedback yourself about your own coaching. And, and that next time you give someone feedback, ask them how helpful it was and ask them how you could have made it more helpful. Um, so that would be my take home message to return to oneself and say, okay, how can I be brave enough to take feedback from the people I work with? Because that's how I'm going to get more skilled. Join us at ukcoaching.org. Whatever you're doing to help people be active and improve, we can help you deliver great coaching experiences at a time to suit you.